Today I have a guest, Jairo Garcia, who is the head of IT at Integria Healthcare, all the way from Australia, Brisbane, right? And Jairo, great to have you in the show. Can you explain to our listeners more about your background and please introduce yourself? Hola todos. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Good afternoon on this side of the world. Look, I've been working with Integra for around five years. My background is in IT. I've been working in IT for 20, 25 years, something along those uh, lines. I started as a BI business intelligence consultant and then, well, ended up in Australia, being the head of IT and Integra Healthcare. So interesting journey to get here. Many lessons learned from failures, mostly, and also a lot of experience and a lot of people that I've met along the way. Wow. Yeah, nice. Yeah, you started already a little bit in, in Spanish because, yeah, you're originally from Colombia, if I'm right. And uh, yeah, we have, of course, a special connection with Colombia as well, since we have an office there and a development center. Around 75 employees are working for SANA over there, mostly serving the North American and Latin markets. Yeah, I'm going to visit the office for the first time in, in a week or two. It's in, in Medellin, so I'm really looking forward to that and uh, and learn more about uh, the beautiful country of Colombia So and meet the people over there. So, um, yeah, that is, uh, that is a great start. 20 years of IT background, that is that is a long time. And currently you are um, yeah the head of IT at uh, Integria. Can you explain to the listeners a little bit more about Integria Healthcare? So Integra Healthcare is a pharmaceutical company. We manufacture our own products. We have brands such as Mediherb, Forcey Plantation, Eureka, Eagle, and Thompson's. But also we distribute products from important brands here in Australia. Our vision is to inspire people to live their lives naturally. So that's the inspiration we get to uh, for our products. They are natural products. So uh, we serve a uh, uh, market that is more oriented towards natural medicine. So we're talking about homeopaths. We're talking about that kind of practitioners that will support our business. And we support them as well. Understood, understood. And and that is then also focused on a certain area of, let's say, medicines, right? So mostly for if you have back pain or something and these kind of things, or has all different types of things that can be cured. Well, we actually service two segments, if I yeah. can call them that way. It's uh, the practitioner market and the retail market. So we yeah. offer the retail market, we offer products that people can use. So if we talk about the plantation, we offer oils, essential oils, which is a good product. I mean, you can use for, uh, they have several uses. I'm not going to get into the detail of each mm -hmm. of those of a technical podcast, <laughs> Natural Medicines one, but you can find those products on the shelves in, in supermarkets. But also we service the uh, practitioner market, which is more specialized towards certain kind of uh, medicines. And I say that the uh, purpose of our company is just to service those practitioners that go into the natural medicine space. And by natural yeah. medicine space, I'm talking about, as I said before, also we're talking about herbalists, kind of medicine that we do uh, that we do in that space. I would say that Mediherb and Eagle are our brands that service that market. And Mediherb is probably the most reputable brand in the market in Australia. Okay. We have also in US, UK and New Zealand, we have also exposure to those markets. Oh, so even even from uh, from Australia since it's yeah the distance is quite far, you're doing business in the other countries as well. Yes, and you can imagine also the Logistics issues that are around it, just moving 
product uh-huh. stock. We will definitely we- talk about that, yeah, because that's already adding some complexity indeed, if I understand. But and the vision is, of course, everything is, I think, natural or ecological and and these are important values for for you, as I understand, as a brand, as a company. Are you producing also yourself, or are you working with suppliers? Can you elaborate a little so, bit about it? So we do both. So we manufacture okay. our own products, and we have five brands that are integrous brands in the market. Also distribute products from other brands. So like a distributing company and a manufacturing in one. Yes, correct. Okay, it's correct. Nice. Yeah, maybe that, that's a nice bridge to the next topic because I can imagine that brings complexity, right? Sometimes companies are only like in B2B are only wholesalers or distributors or they are manufacturers and not doing both. But but from your own words, let's say so. And we always talk, of course, about B2B e-commerce and you started with that as well. We will talk a little bit later today about that journey. But I'm always so interested in what makes, let's say, B2B commerce for Integria Healthcare, so so complex. What can you elaborate a little bit on uh, on that topic? Integria operates under a, a heavily regulated market, particularly in Australia. We need to comply with TGA requirements in US with FDA because it's a highly regulated industry. We need to follow some protocols. Information needs to be actually validated. We need to make sure that the things we are saying is that. What um, is what we do. We have also two different, as I said before, we have two different markets, retail and practitioner, which are different in nature. Right? Retail market is fast moving. The practitioner market is more related towards the products that we deliver to them and the services we deliver to them. So it's more of a one-on-one relationship that we have with our practitioners. And we need to personalize the way that we're going to deliver our products and services to those different markets. And hence, we need to implement rules to allow some customers to buy products that are allowed to because they have training, they have qualifications just to allow them to sell those products. So under under that regulatory environment, we need to just make sure that we're selling the right product and service to the right people. So it's a combination of rules that need to be put in place between brands, qualifications, the professions that the practitioner has to allow them to buy the products that we're allowed to sell them under the TGA standards. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's, that's quite some complexity. And and I think I think there are a lot of other companies, eh? if you're in pharmaceutical, I think they, they will recognize this story. And of course, we will touch upon later on how that yeah, relates to, to the technology or to the tech stack to make yeah, things happen, let's say so. So, but before going into that deep, this was already quite nice to to hear from you. But it's also hard, I think, to digitize eh, or to bring online. But what was, in general, the reason that you were searching for a B two B e commerce tool? So, I think you, the company started with that already before you joined, right? Is that correct? Yeah. So the company had the started B two B journey before what we call a legacy product that serviced our customers on a website, but definitely that was a customized product. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't in any way, shape, or form e-commerce platform. So not having that essential feature of being an e-commerce platform makes things very difficult in order to, for example, launch promotions on the website or implement the rules that I discussed before. Yeah. And also we had performance issues with the, um, with the legacy system 
So all of that started to create an environment in which we needed to change that delivery that we were doing to our customers. So at that point, at the same time, we were implementing a ERP system. So the um, ERP that was selected at that point was Dynamics, Dynamics 365. And then we were looking for an application that was highly integrated with Dynamics. And at the same time, we're an e-commerce platform. Believe it or not, it's a combination that you cannot find easily in the market. So there might be a few applications that can do that, SANA in one of them. So we started that process to ask our implementation partners for an application that could help us in the e-commerce space. And that's how we find out about SANA and the, and the features that SANA had that will help us to, or at, at that point, we decided about SANA. And we saw the differences between the platform that we had, which is a custom-made platform, clunky, slow, and that required a high level of maintenance compared to SANA, mm-hmm. which was, from, from in that sense, SANA was a light application. It, it connects natively to Dynamics 365. It allowed us to create those rules. So basically, we could say that SANA's native personalization capabilities were exceptional. And that's probably the, the, the point that brought us towards SANA. Yeah, no, that that is that is great to hear, obviously, and and you're sharing already um, a quite a journey over there. Let us just digest that a little bit. So, on one hand, there was actually then a need here, so because the the company had already invested quite something in this custom platform, right? So, but they had they had from a business perspective, they had an idea what they wanted to achieve, right? Was it like cost reduction or want to do more business or automating more stuff? Do you know the initial? thoughts on why to start with b2b e-commerce in general even on the custom tool or was it just like hey we need to start because competition starts sometimes i hear that reason as well yeah that, that might have been the case as i said that that was probably 10 12 years ago ah they were so, early right yeah so yeah, i but... think that in that sense interior has always demonstrated that they are innovative in, in those spaces uh-huh. so i think but I, I cannot say at that point what was the reason of that, yeah. but certainly I think that innovation was one of the engines of that decision. Yeah. We need to get into that space. We might be the first ones to do it and mm-hmm. we'll start doing it. Yeah. Hey, and when you joined the company, I think you had a clear mission to to modernize the tech stack, right? Because yeah, you were talking about an ERP migration. That is um, That is not an easy project, I can tell you. We also sometimes need to do it here in the company, right? So you were moving, I think, from also a, let's say, a smaller or custom ERP to Dynamics. And you, you went to FNO, right? Dynamics 365 and nice. finance operations, to be clear, because yeah, Dynamics 365 is like a big, it's more like an ecosystem, right? Um, yeah, it's a big family. So maybe for the listeners that know the details, but Dynamics uh, 365 finance operations is like, say, uh, yeah, the solution more suitable for the larger companies, I would say, or multinational, maybe also doing business in, in multiple locations. You can also say it's the bigger brother or sister from Business Central, which is the other product, which is uh, famous in the Dynamics 365 space and actually separate or next to things like sales. Uh, that's more like a CRM kind of tool. They are all in this big ecosystem and or product family in it. And like Office is also a product family from Microsoft. So you had experience with, with Dynamics 365 with other companies or something? Did you did do implementations already or was it also like a big journey? Well, I had some experience before with Dynamics AX, 
Okay, yeah, AX, yeah. Of FinOps. So that helped, but yeah. definitely into the cloud space is a, is a different ball game. Just the architecture required to support that implementation. And some of the concepts were a little bit different to what AX is. Yeah. Or it's the same core, I would say, but yeah. uh, there are some things here and there that makes it a little bit different. No clear. Hey, and yeah, in the end, you um, maybe with a partner or so, they also recommended Sano as one of the vendors to work with. But maybe more importantly, before we going into that, so and when the tool was, the previous tool was, let's say, heavily customized, it was slow. Can you elaborate a little bit more as far as you know, let's say, what was, yeah, why it was slow in your opinion and or what was the effect on the users of that platform then, right? What was, yeah, can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah, not for sure. There are there were some elements in, in that integration that I think they made that application a little bit, I would say the word slow, but it's, it's not to, up to the expectations that we have regarding yeah. e-commerce. One of those is the complex pricing rules we have mm-hmm. having tech. Also, we had, from a technical point of view, the way they were integrated with, uh, was through files. Oh. Basically, consuming those files would take some time in your platform, and then you need to wait a few hours until you see that in the system. So mm-hmm. all of that had a, a good effect uh, or impact on customer experience. So sometimes you will have uh, inventory issues because it wasn't synchronized. Some other times you will have excessive delays during checkout. And those those type of experiences are, are not good when you're working with e-commerce, even if it's if it's B2B. Um, yeah, no, true. Yeah. Now we hear that a lot. And for, for us, let's say if you're so busy with integration or automation in general in the company, you forget that a lot of companies using let's say file-based data exchanges or something, or not even real time or are not using web services or or other forms of, of, of yeah, let's say more direct integration, but if we most of the time see first generation B2B e-commerce or when they start trying with a custom portal or uh, we see we see these things a lot. Also on the mainstream e-commerce platforms that are still, yes, it, it's pretty easy or maybe as a software vendor to create, let's say, file-based exchange, right? To make it somehow work as a start, but you end up like you're sharing. And when really using, you end up in a lot of, I would say, blockers or that was then the what was then the result also for you or maybe yeah you you arrived a little bit later but yeah did you get a lot of let's say tickets or issues from sales or from customers that say hey this is not correct or they were complaining or something like that yeah absolutely we had those i would say that when you work with integrations using files you always are exposed to errors the integration doesn't work because the ftp server wasn't working credentials were changed yeah wasn't produced on the ERP end. So there are so many factors that can actually impact the performance of, of those integrations. But even with, when you make changes in the ERP and you need to see those changes immediately reflected on the website, mm-hmm. it will take some time to do it. So it wasn't only errors, it was the um, updates that also yeah. affect a, were affected by this type of integration. Understood. I would say it's a different story with Sana. So it's a different story altogether. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Now, thanks for sharing that. It's always good because I think there are a lot of other companies that are, they are seeing the effects. Right? So if you're having a lot of questions from customers or sales, if something is not working or it takes you a lot of time as an IT or director or manager or 
to make systems work together. Yeah, there is a better way out there to keep systems, you know, working together as one. But thanks for sharing that. So when you ended up with Sana and then you started to implement, uh, so let's talk a little bit more about the implementation process and your view on it or your your experience and also yeah, who were involved. How did you make it a success? That's maybe three questions into one, but yeah, how, how did you deal with that? Oh, well, that's a, that's an interesting question because there are, there are things that we learned from, mm-hmm. from that experience that I'd like to share with everyone. So yeah, sure. one of the things is that we were new to Dynamics 365 yeah. and they produced SANA. So we need to learn quickly how Dynamics 365 worked in order to make use of the benefits that SANA will be offering. Mm-hmm. So I would say that one of the lessons learned is to have deeper knowledge of the ERP. Because once you do that, the work with SANA is just a matter of weeks. So it's, it's not even, I would say, probably a couple of months that you can have a website up and running. Most of that time is actually producing images, contents for the website, managing the text in, in, in the product side of things, just to get that up and running. And, and that's the interesting part. So once we got into that cadence in which we knew well, how Dynamics worked and how integrated it was with SANA, it was quite quick to get mm-hmm. that site up and running. So I said that there was like three stages. In first stage is, well, SANA is here with us now. Now we need to start working with integration and trying to understand how both systems will work. Second stage was quite quick. Is Once everything is connected, you have the site up and running. And the third stage is the personalization side of things in which all these complex rules we have for pricing, or for the restrictions that we need to put on products to be sold to specific customers needed to be in place. So that was more of getting more into knowing what things we could do outside of the standard implementation. So those were the three stages in the project. And I would say the first two were quite quickly, put it that way, regarding the project. And the, and the third one, because we had those particular requirements, it took longer to get them implemented. Mm-hmm. Good news is that we made the deadline of the project. So we went live okay. with the project in time with the ERP. And overall, I would say it would have taken us probably five to six months to implement SANA or our platform, MyIntegria, that is powered by SANA. And most of that time was about the personalizations that we need to put in place for the platform. Talking about the regulations and personalization, how that goes hand in hand and how you can bring that complexity from one system to another. And that, yeah, you're mapping it out in systems like an ERP because functionality is is more or less there. But you do not want to rebuild that in the other system in, in a B2B e-commerce environment because, yeah, you will make mistakes. It will take a lot of time or this data exchange will be a big headache. So that's great that you're using the functionality that is how it's designed for. By the way, it's not only in pharmaceutical companies, also companies that are in, in chemicals like chemical suppliers or producers of uh, certain chemicals that can be served as ingredients, maybe for pharmacy or maybe for other industries that also heavily benefited because there is also a lot of regulations as we have learned from our customer base. The next topic I want to touch upon is, okay, yeah, you went live. You made the deadline of the project, five, six months. That was great. I saw also the, the B2B environment or my integrator that you have. It's also a beautiful style that looking, I think you, as a brand owner, you also put a lot of attention there in making it feel and look nice. So yeah, great job there. I wanted to say that the digital team and Integra did a wonderful job 
with my interior, revamping the brand and also putting the content, the images, buyouts. And, and I say that's joint effort with Sana because we're asking for those personalizations. So if you go to my Integria site, you will see that it's not the standard Sana website. Mm-hmm. Has a lot of things in there that makes it so so Integria, I would say, in a yeah. good way. In the even the layouts is different, the uh, fonts and things like that that we needed to add into the website just to reflect our brand in it. So, but now it's live. How much work you as an IT um, director? How much work do you have with the team to maintain the B two B webshop? Now it's launched. Let's say to to show the prices or the making sure that the assortments are all there. Are you spending a lot of time? So I was speaking on behalf of the IT team, I would say almost none. So that's uh, that's the beauty of it. I mean, the business being uh, as part of the ERP project, the business owns the data. Uh-huh. And okay. They take the data in the system and then it's immediately reflected on SANA. So in that sense, the work that we did before in terms of monitoring interfaces or integrations is not there anymore. Mm-hmm. So we can savings coming back to the IT team. We have also the SANA team working with us, the hosting team from mm-hmm. SANA working with us, monitoring the, the platform, the environment, letting us know when something is not going well so we can work together to fix it. Basically, now we're working by exception. So there's an alert, something's triggered, we work in IT to figure out what's going on, and then along with SANA, we fix those issues. That's in terms of the maintenance, as in the business as usual maintenance, but there is a lot of work in terms of keeping the website up to date in terms of content. So keeping it close to what modern practices dictate. And in that sense, the digital team is, is doing an amazing job just generating that content and moving things along in the website. So mm-hmm. it, it, the website keeps, keeps current yeah. with more times. No. Yeah, that's great that you mentioned. And that's, I think, the time you should spend on it, right? Because you see so many companies struggling just to make it work. And almost all the time is then going into that bucket, fixing yeah. issues or just getting the basics right. And then they are not spending that time on the content, improve, continuously improve it. I always see it as a garden, you know, you need to replace something, make it more beautiful than it was before. That's how to keep your B2B buyers happy on your platform and continuously listening to your customers, of course, and try new things. That's the time that you want to spend on it and not fixing issues, right? That some data import failed or products prices are not showing up, right? That is not what we want. Any goals, ambitions for the web store? Maybe you're growing to new markets or so, or or want to go to new markets or maybe other stuff you're working on to make it even better? There are always projects, interesting projects at Integra, and that's the exciting side of my job there. So now I mean, we have another platform that what we want to do with SANA is to become the integrated platform for B2B transactions. Mm-hmm. And then in that sense, we're interested in bringing more functionality into the platform that will be helpful or will service our customers better. It might be tracking information and it might be some other features that our customers are asking. I'm not going to go into those details because it's part of our development work, but we have a few interesting things coming up in the platform in the next two years. And talking about these different countries, let's say, so that you're uh, you're also multinational in that sense, are they all on the platform, let's say so? So also from the US or UK? 
So we have the platform was launched in New Zealand. Okay. During the implementation of the project. So currently, Sana is servicing those two markets. The other markets, we have a third party assisting us with the distribution of our products. So we don't have a direct channel in other countries. So we are not expanding yet the platform there. That's always difficult, right? Or that's a difficult logical, I would say, hey, because it's quite a heavy investment to go all the way directly to a certain new channel. You can also do a step-by-step approach, right? First, use a third-party logistical provider or right? R3PL. And from there, if you have a certain momentum or a certain volume, that you say, hey, let's own it completely. Yeah? So then you're looking for a place to do the logistics and also build a, a company in XCD portal for that region. Any tips maybe you had? I think you shared already one or two to IT leaders or you know, head of digital or IT directors that are listening to this podcast. Is, is there anything else you wanted to share? Yeah, I think that B2B is not a platform. Mm-hmm. It's a strategic initiative within the business. The platform is a result of it. So yeah. we found Sana and, and satisfied what we were looking for in our strategy. And that's probably the thing that we need to keep in mind when we discuss B2B or all this technical jargon about platforms and e-commerce is that in the end, we are doing all of this because we want to improve customer experience. We want our customers to get closer to us. And that's derived from the strategy. So mm-hmm. it might be different words in that you can say that, but what we're looking for here is that we have an initiative across all business that says we are going to deliver a B2B e-commerce service to our customers. Platform is just one component, a key yeah. one, but it's only one element of the equation. True. Yeah. And that is so often misunderstood stood or forgotten about that they see b2b e-commerce as a one-off project and just okay let's start and see and bring it live but that will not do the trick and we are all transforming from physical to digital commerce and that is indeed i think the lesson that you're sharing is so important that it's not only about the tool it's the whole organization needs to shift adopt it so yeah that's a great lesson and i think that is also why the podcast is here because still there are so many companies misunderstanding. They say, yeah, let's just open a web store. Of course, for an experiment, maybe it might be good, but one, you should take it seriously. I think you need to really strategically choose for it and also take some time because it is not easy. I think you did an amazing time, let's say five, six months is pretty quick for B2B. You know, that is not so easy to to launch a new web store. It can also take easily a year if you're just starting and you need to transform a lot of your processes. So we have the concept in this podcast that we always are passing on a question. So previous guest we had in the show was Jason from MNI Direct. And he prepared a question for you or asked the question, say, hey, for the next guest, I have the following question. And it was, Around the topic AI, which is a hot topic nowadays, right? Artificial intelligence. But how can we fully take an advantage of AI tools and how can we move forward and take the next step to be fully working with AI? So what is your point of view of it? When we talk about AI, B2E environment, mm-hmm. we need to look at that with different eyes as if we look at AI in a retail environment. Yeah. There are two different stories. You might find a lot of, well, not a lot, but certainly more AI tools into a retail environment to direct it to consumers because that's, you need a lot of 
power and, and data engineering just to, to get information across. But when it comes to B2E, it's a different space. So Correct. in B2E, I think the premise of B2B is just for, as opposed to retail, people that is involved in B2B platforms, they want to complete a transaction because it's part of their job. So what I like to see coming from AI is how we can make those transactions more agile, how we can streamline that process. Mm-hmm. So that part of their job is done easier. And a few examples of it will be that we might be able to use AI to allow dictation. So I'm just thinking of a scenario where our practitioners are in the middle of a consult in a consultation and then while they are prescribing they might want to record their notes and then those notes can be taken directly to b2b platform so they can mm-hmm. create an order out of that yeah. uh, out of those notes so just a small example of the thing that we could do with ai but certainly it's about the streaming streamlining the processes that's what we would like to see AI moving forward regarding B2B. I agree with you. And you mentioned something important, which I also, or which we also understood at SANA or understand at SANA in that sense that you're right. There is a lot of focus on AI on the, on the retail or on the consumer's channel, right? A lot of technologies evolved around there already, or is already in place, but simple things, or let's say product recommenders or so on. These models are not really optimized for, B2B, and just to give something simple, let's say, hey, recommendation, because the frequency or maybe the complexity B2B brings, let's say with regulation that also applies, then these these things are just simply not functioning. Yeah, great answer, by the way. Yeah, do you have a question in mind for our next guest? Yes, I do. Look, one of the biggest challenges in B2B is transitioning customers who execute Mm -hmm. their buying process digitally. Yeah. So the question will be, what strategies would you put in place to increase the adoption of a B2B platform? Nice one. That is always a great question to ask. That's my, let's say, one of the favorite questions, like how, how is B2B complex, right? That is, uh, or B2B e-commerce complex for you. That is one of my um, things I always love to ask, but this one on how you can increase adoption is always good. So we definitely will put that on the list. And thanks for that, for that question, Jairo. Time is flying when you're having fun and I have still a working day ahead. It is early morning here in a very quiet office, but yeah, for you, I can only say enjoy the evening, right? Because that's how, how time zones work. It's always so special that you have somebody from the other side of the world on the line. Yeah, it's evening already or almost close to evening, right? 5.30 p.m. So yes, yeah, 5.30. Yes. Enjoy um, your day and your evening. Thank you very much for the information and the lessons you shared yeah what i especially liked about this episode is that you uh, clearly explained on yeah, how integration benefits you uh, bringing european e-commerce workers one benefit as an it leader just to reduce work less maintenance almost close to zero as you mentioned but also how yeah, if you're not taking that path how you can struggle right with file-based uh, data exchanges and where the technical limitations are there or where the struggles are. So that is great information for our listeners and definitely the topics we want to talk in this podcast. So thank you very much again. If I am traveling to the other side of the world, then I would love to step by and and say thank you in person as well. But you have a great company, a beautiful B2B platform. Great. Thank you. Muchas gracias. Thank (laughs) you for having me. So it would be uh, great to see how the podcast goes. And yeah. All right. uh, Thank you very much. Thank you very much. No worries.
Grande parte.